Yo, Ari and Izzy, that was a great episode on seasonal depression. I wish you guys the best in your relationship, and I wish you guys the best to whatever you guys are struggling to and things that um, that you guys weren't uh, comfortable sharing on the podcast. Uh, I feel like I can see many great things for this podcast. just want to give you guys some encouragement, even though I'm a random guy, not, not, not the uh, Izzy, that's my boy, but the Ari, uh, just best wishes to you both. God bless, just like Jesus said. If God's eyes upon the sparrow, he's definitely looking after um, his children. So you guys just have a Merry Christmas, a great new year. I wish you the very best luck in your business, Ari, and then Izzy in your ventures of PNG and things of that nature. You guys just have a wonderful, blessed day. And I wish you guys the best in all of your endeavors. Peace out. It's your boy. I'll see you later. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I am back with another episode of Ari Just Share the Podcast, and today we are going to be talking about um, the scripture Matthew nineteen twenty six, which is um, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And um, you guys hear me say that a lot on this podcast, or at least like for the past couple episodes, because. A lot of people, you know, they go to church and, you know, they're present. They understand the lesson and all that, but they don't really necessarily have faith in God. And just because you go to church every Sunday and you go to Bible study and you, you know, you're part of the choir um, and stuff like that, and you can quote scriptures, that doesn't really mean that you have faith in God is just showing that, you know, you're active in your church and, um, you know, you know a few things about the Bible. And that any, any, anyone can, anybody can remember, like, uh, can memorize scriptures. But, um, so we're going to be talking about having faith in God. There is this thing, it is called the six phases of faith. And I thought that would be a really interesting topic to, you know, talk about on this episode. So basically, um, you know, you should you should definitely have faith in God. If you don't have faith in God, you know, it just it kind of makes life a little bit harder because you're going through life. And, you know, on our last episode, we talked about seasonal depression. You start to think that, you know, life can't get any better. And when you do have faith in God and you you have that love for Jesus and Jehovah, you start to understand that, you know, this is temporary. And God, you know, if you suffer from loss, God, you know, as people say, was ready for them to come home. And you start to understand a little bit more because you you know that things happen for a reason, even though it hurts. But basically, faith means complete trust or confidence in someone or something or strong belief in God or in the doctrine of religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Um, I don't really like that definition, the second one, because um, 
I think that God is beyond religion. That's just my opinion, you know. Like, religion can only take you so far with God. At the end of the day, you know, it's up to you to make that decision, you know. So it's up to you to have that proper spiritual journey so that you can have that, you know, um, deep faith in God. But I say this because people can go to church for their whole life. And they can believe that there is a God out there, but religion doesn't shape their opinion of God positively. Or, um, yeah, I hope that makes sense. But we're going to get right into stage one of the uh, faith journey, which is awareness of God. So... Faith is discovering God. And basically uh, what you need to do is have like a sense of awareness of God, a sense of need, like you need God in your life. You feel in, in enticed to have Jehovah within your life. And um, God becomes the center of your universe. And you have a sense of innocence to you, you know. You um, don't really understand why certain things happen. You're, you don't know what a lot of stuff means because that's what, like, innocence means. You can look that up just to make sure I get a proper definition of innocence. Innocence is the state quality or fact of being innocent of crime or offense, lack of guile or corruption, purity. So you have pure thoughts. You have completely, complete pure thoughts. And um, the second part of stage one is where you embrace worthlessness uh, ignorance, spiritual bankrupt, and you feel alone. And then the third step um, of step one is acceptance of your worth. You become a part of a community and you follow a leader. And I think that that is a good way to start. Because, um, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like you have to feel at your lowest to have faith in God. But that is good because when certain things begin to happen in your life, uh, and you feel like you don't have anyone and you feel like, how is this possible? I'm all alone. I, I don't even know how it was placed in this part. You would in, in this like place at this right time you would only believe that it was possible through God because no one else got you there. You know, you, you you got up because you were like, you know, I might as well just give it a shot. And then God put it in their hearts to give you that chance that you needed. And I also don't think that you need to become a part of a community and follow a leader in order to accept God, but um, I'm reading what um, it says on the internet 
So I will be giving like my own commentary. And then that brings us to step two, which is the life of discipline ship. So basically this means that you answer from leader, from leaders or um, a belief system. You have a sense of rightness and security in your faith. So again, I don't necessarily believe that you have to have leadership in order to have faith in God. However, it does help to um, give you a stronger relationship to God when you have others around you who are a little bit more advanced spiritually. But some people are okay with learning on their own. And you're... You have a sense of legalism, which means like, you know, you follow the law in the Bible. Um, yeah, that. And you start using your gifts and you start being able to identify the gifts that God was God gave you when you were born. You began to seek responsibility. So you're using these gifts to uh put yourself out there basically and you take risks and i i can honestly say that i definitely believe in that when you do have a sense of discipline ship and you know the gifts that you have that god gave you you start to seek work like you want to you want to share your gifts with the world so me my gift is storytelling in multiple aspects i'm not very disciplined sometimes when it comes to things because, you know, sometimes when you do have a gift, if it's not paying off immediately, it can be very, very hard to stay focused and stay motivated. And you kind of give in to those distractions. So there's a lot of distractions in our world right now. You know, we have bills that we need to pay. Uh, it's a lot of stress that goes on. So sometimes... I would I would go out and get a job for security, you know, just so that I know for a fact, like, OK, I can pay my bills on time and like, you know, have that steady income instead of taking that risk and being 100 with my business. And I my last job was at Amazon and I think I left Amazon in October and I've just been doing my business ever since. And uh, it's been working out for me. And I, it, it, I do not want to have to go get another job. Like, you know, that's, that's something that I do not want to do. I don't want to have to get a job. So I'm, you know, asking God, please, please give me the, the right customers. I need this much. I need to make this much money every uh, month. Give me, keep me motivated so that I can get up in the morning because I do have orders. It's not that I don't have orders. Sometimes I don't. But this week, this month has been, I've been very fortunate. I've been very blessed because I've gotten quite a few orders. And I'm honestly impressed. You know, this like this type of stuff makes me happy. But, um, you know, stuff like that, basically. Taking that risk. A lot of people are afraid to take that risk and 
be 100 with their business. But when you add God within your blueprint and um, you just give thanks, it'll all work out in the end. That's the thing that people fail to do. They just create their business just so that like their purpose is really not like there. And when you set your purpose and like I said, you add God to your blueprint, include God. God want to be included too. God wants to invest in your business and you have to let him. Do not reject God. And then the third step is productive life. Which I think maybe this might be the this might be the step that I'm on currently. Um uniqueness in community, you're growing influence and responsibility. Value on cultured symbols such as titles, awards, recognition, spiritual goals emphasized and and striving feels productive and good. So I'm glad that I'm able to give you guys some insight on my life so you can understand there are six phases of faith and I am on number three. I literally just found my gift. My mom, she would tell me, you know, I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to study law because you like to argue. And I'm like, "Mm, I guess, uh, I want to be a creative. I want to be a creator. I want to create things. I see my mom have her own business my whole life. So I would tell my mom, like recently, what I learned is that she didn't teach me to be a hard worker. She didn't teach me to go out and work for someone else. I I didn't know it. I didn't know that. That's not how I grew up. Some people, um, their parents, you know, worked for corporate America, you know, their their entire lives. And that's all they know. All they know is to, you know, go get a go out and get a job from, you know, another business. My mom has had her own business. I remember her working for someone else once in my life. Like she had a like job in corporate America or, you know, whatever. And I was at Myers. And I was she was still doing hair because my mom is a licensed cosmetologist in multiple states. And um, she was doing hair. And I was like, mm, okay. It, I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't think that she was, like, why she was working at Myers. I just knew she worked at Myers sometimes, you know. And I never asked her why she worked at Myers. But my whole life, I I never knew for her to, to to work for anyone else except for herself. And she may have been a part of a, a community, aka salon. But when I think about my mom doing hair, I always remember her having her own salon. So even if she did work in another salon, because she did sometimes, I remember a place called Diamond Cuts that she used to work at. Uh, I do also remember she used to work at JCPenney. I almost forgot about that. And I do remember her working for Great Clips. And she, when she worked at Great Clips, everybody used to go to my mama. And when she worked at Ace Pennies, everyone used to go to my mom. 
And she would come home sometimes and be like, you know, this working with other people that don't really, that work for a living and don't work because they love what they're doing is hard. Because my mom enjoys doing hair. Uh, at least I think so. And she's she understands that God gifted her with the ability to slay. And so she enjoys the she enjoys the uh joy that people that she brings people when, you know, she finishes their hair. And, you know, that's that's very valuable. You know, when you're um when you're getting your hair done, you want to be getting your hair done by someone who wants to make you happy. And my mom mostly caters to women. And sometimes women come to my mom with damaged hair. And as a black woman, when you have damaged hair, it is is very it's it's very hurtful. Especially when, you know, I don't know how some people grew up, but you know, having short hair and being black, it wasn't really as as embraced as it is now. So it's like, you know, my hair is unhealthy and it's short or maybe it's unhealthy and it's long, but it's like I can't even wear my hair down because people can see right through through my hair. It's thin. I'm balding. And so when they, you know, get in my mom's chair and she brings life back into their hair and they start going out and they're getting these compliments or they she finishes with their hairstyle and they look in the mirror and they feel beautiful like, wow. And my mom enjoys bringing that feeling to people. And not everybody who does hair enjoys giving that feeling to people. When I make clothes, I want people to understand the meaning of it. I want people to love, like when they unpackage their package and they see their shirt, or their sweater, or their hoodie, or their sweatsuit, whatever I'm making for them, I want them to love it. That's what I started my business for. I, I originally started creating like life books for babies. So as soon as your baby's born, you know, you snap that first picture, you send that to me, I get that printed out, and I make a scrapbook of the of the child's whole life. Because I feel like, you know, Tangible photo books are going out of style a little bit, but I think that they're an important thing to have. And like photos are very, very important because when you grow up and you see those photos of when you were younger or you see home videos, like that's an amazing feeling. So I wanted to kind of modernize that. But anyway, back to the point. When you set yourself apart and you understand like the gifts that you do have and you start to you know go out and get that responsibility that's stage three and I I'm at stage three so I'll talk about myself I talked about my mom but I'll talk a little bit more about myself like I had said she didn't teach me to be like a hard worker for someone else so it was kind of hard for me to grasp the idea of being a hard work hard worker for myself. So what I mean by that is that she I'm trying to put this in the right words. I just wasn't taught to be a hard worker. 
And she may have thought that that's what she was teaching me because sometimes she would be gone for 24 hours. And, you know, me and my brother would get up. We would go to school. We would come home. We would eat because my mom, you know, she made sure that we were taken care of. And that's why she was working for 24 hours. But she was doing hair for 25, 24 hours. And she had her own shop. Sometimes she would go to people's homes um, to do hair. But, you know... She she did work hard, but she didn't teach me to work hard. Like when I was observing her, I mostly observed her as, you know, being a business owner and always working for herself and enjoying what she does. So that's what I took from it. My brother could have took, you know, working hard because my brother is a hard work. He likes to go to work. I don't like to go to work, like working for someone else. I work. I've worked at Walmart, hated that. I did not like getting up and going to work. Amazon hated that. I did not like getting up and going to work. That's my problem. And so I need to ask God to bring me out of that so that when it comes to my own business, I do get up and I get to work and I make clothes or I make whatever and I stay focused so that I'm still able to provide. So I'm still working on stage three. I will keep you updated. And I'm so glad that we're, that I'm going through this because I'm literally just talking to you guys by myself. I'm by myself, but I'm talking to y'all, but I'm able to go through this and tell y'all where I'm at. And then you can kind of understand where I'm at and where I'm coming from. So that maybe if you are on stage three, or if you're on stage one, or you're on stage two, or you're on stage six, you're able to identify that. And then you can also, you know, send in your voice notes. You can send in clips. You can send comments into the podcast that maybe could help someone else, that could help me get to those other levels. So um, when you're caged at stage three, you're feeling overzealous. And we should look up the meaning of zealous because I've heard that word before, but I am not exactly sure what it means. So zealous is great energy or enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. Okay, that's what having zeal, aka being zealous means. So you're just highly energized. So you feel like life is a performance, which is, you know, having that ego apparently, and you're focused on yourself and um, you become burnt out. So I can see where I would be caged at stage three, which would be uh, life as performance or somewhat focused on self. But I'm not so much focused on myself. I'm more so focused on my community, which is the black community. Um, And also like the burnt out part, because sometimes I really don't get in tune with myself. Most of the time, I'm really not in tune with myself. I'm just kind of like floating, but I do understand myself. So just because I'm not in tune doesn't mean I don't understand myself and what's going on. It's just sometimes I don't know how to 
fix myself, if that makes sense. And the whole life as a as perf- as a performance. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there. I'm I'm trying to get there a little bit. Um, but focused on self. I am trying to put my business out there and sometimes with doing that I don't necessarily put God first, like put God in mind first, like to pray and ask God like, "Oh, hey, can you uh like this I would really like this. I just have a goal and when I put my my business out there, it 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 can seem a little selfish in God's eyes. It might not seem selfish to, you know, people viewing my post or anything but to god it could it could it could look selfish so um i don't necessarily want all the glory but i want people to know that i was used by god to give these opportunities to people because i'm not sure if anyone if everyone listening knows but i want to be able to provide free therapy for disadvantaged and underprivileged black youth, families, and couples, because I think it's very important sometimes to have a mediator when uh, families or couples need someone to talk to. You know, most of the time when people argue, you know, like a child might bring up a problem that they're having to their parents, and, you know, their parents just go off the wall about it. And there's never anyone in the middle to 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 mediate or help calm down, and so that situation escalates, and you know the child no longer feels comfortable opening up to their parent. So it's always so I want to be able to provide that basically for couples, and for um, families, and for black kids, because a lot of black kids suffer from PTSD. So, um, the keys of stage three is letting go outward, letting go of outward success, embracing vulnerability, losing sense of certainty, and seek direction. So, once you unlock the keys and you've done those four things, you will be able to move on to stage four. So, I think that one of my things is embracing vulnerability and losing my sense of certainty. So I do have control issues. I kind of get that from my mom. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) But uh, when I'm not able to control how things go, it is very like, I just don't like that. It's not necessarily that I like to control people, but I like to like I like to know that uh, if I do A, B, and C, then D will happen. Or if I do this, like I just like to know. I like to know. I don't like not knowing. Like that is so like I can't like sometimes I can't take a leap of faith. Like when I started my business, I took a leap of faith. But like when it comes to some other stuff, I I can't take no leap of faith. Like quitting a quitting my job like leaving Amazon that was me taking a leap of faith that was hard but I was just like I cannot do this anymore getting up at I think I had to be to work at one in the morning to 11 in the morning I'm like no it was like 12 in the morning I mean 12 p.m so I would make it home at noon 
I had to be up at one. Well, no, I had to get to work at one in the morning. So it was the shift was like one ten to eleven fifty. And I'm at Amazon. This isn't like, you know, no job where you mostly chill or, you know, it's a restaurant or something like that. No, it's nothing like that. This is Amazon. We're moving packages. We're moving around big packages and stuff like that. Like whoever, if you can still do that, if you're doing that right now, you are a strong individual because I can't do that. You know, absolutely not. And the the money was good, but I just felt like it wasn't worth it. And I would be sleep all day. I'll be so tired. I literally get up and go to work and you cannot adjust your hours. Like, yeah, no, that was not for me. And embracing vulnerability. That's something that I can say that I'm learning from my boyfriend. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say being vulnerable is being weak, but it is being open. But we can look up the definition of vulnerable just so that we can see exactly what it means. See what they say about that. So basically vulnerable is uh, in need of special care, support, or protection because of age, disability, or risk of abuse slash neglect, liable to higher penalties either by convention or through having won one game towards towards a rubber, or success susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. Uh, I don't necessarily like these definitions, so I did find another one. Vulnerability is a state of emotional exposure that comes with a certain degree of uncertainty. So when I say that I'm learning this from my boyfriend, I'm learning to be more vulnerable. I'm learning to be more emotional. I'm lear- I'm learning to you know tell people my like darkest secrets. Well, tell him my darkest secrets. Not everybody needs to know. And tell him like things that I've been holding in that that make me emotional. Cause I I can I can be not like very like nonchalant and a little less emotional, but I think it's important to communicate with people that you love instead of having a wall up and a guard up all the time, you know. Because you're so worried that uh, they they might do the same to you or that they're gonna use this information against you, you know. But that's why you have to trust whoever you're in a relationship with or whoever you're sharing this information with. And of course, you know, you, when, when people are like, I'm not victim blaming, blaming at, you know, but when you share information with people, normally you trust them and you don't think that they would use this information against you. And you don't think that they would harm you on purpose, but some, most of the time, You have those red flags that you just choose to ignore. I'm going to just leave it at that. And we're going to talk about that in another episode. But stage four is journey inward. Faith is rediscovering God. So basically you need to have the life or faith crisis. 
a life crisis or faith crisis, loss of certainties, pursuit of transparent integrity, which is your true self, seek spiritual direction, not just answers. Faith becomes rooted in person of Christ. Appears as loss of faith. Uh, um, I can kind of say that I'm kind of in between stage three and four, which is having a life or faith crisis and loss of certainties. Like my business is is kind of new, especially like with what I'm doing now. Um, you know, it's not a set amount that I would that I that I'm making. And it's not that like what I'm making is going to be able to help ends me. So at this point, it's kind of like playing limbo a little bit, but being consistent and like they said, seek spiritual direction. And if I seek that with my business, then God will make it flourish. So if I'm doing, if I'm, Providing through my business, if I'm providing God through my business, God will make it flourish. Um, so, yeah, those are the characteristics. I think that those are pretty good. I do like the pursuit of transparent integrity. So you're trying to, you know, find your true self and calling. So being caged at stage four is immobilized in crisis. So you're isolating yourself cynical versus critical attitude that's something that you will display and you're consumed with self-assessment so let's look up what self-assessment is self-assessment is assessment or evaluation of oneself or one's actions and attitudes in particular of one's performance at a job or learning tasks considered in a relation to an objective standard. Now I can say, sometimes I am consumed in self-assessment. So now that I know that this is very damaging to my faith with God, I know that I should stop this. Basically what I'm saying is that I'm a perfectionist. And when something doesn't turn out perfectly, I am very self-critical. And I start to beat up on myself, like, dang. But it normally doesn't last a long time. Like, maybe five minutes at the longest. Sometimes it might last a little bit longer, depending on, like, how bad the damage is. Especially when it comes to my business and, like, you know, getting orders out. That makes me hard on myself. And sometimes it makes me less motivated to get orders out. Because I'm like, dang, I just I just can't do it. And it's like, dang. I had all this time to get this done and it's still not done. And you still ain't finna get up and do it. Like, you still sitting here. I hope that makes sense to somebody. And you're immobilized in crisis. So we talked about seasonal depression in our last episode. And I'm really happy that we're talking about the um, stages of faith. And I think that I'm going to record an episode like this uh, again. But like, you know, a revised episode because this is completely improv. But um, immobilized in crisis. So basically, you're immobilized by your seasonal depression. You're isolating yourself from everyone. You're so focused on, you know, 
you're feeling fatigued, you're not eating, you're not enjoying life. And when you don't enjoy life, you're not enjoying the things that God has said in front of you. And like I was telling y'all with my business, when things go wrong, like when I'm not, when I, when I don't have the resources that I need or, you know, things aren't going my way, I just don't want to do anything. And that's me being immobilized in my crisis because I'll sit in my room all day. I'll be in bed all day. I'll just be sleep all day on TikTok all day, not in my reality. And then cynical versus critical attitude. So let's look up what cynical means just so that we can fully understand exactly what this means. I think that we um, all know what critical means. But cynical is believing that people are motivated by self-interest, distrustful, or human sincerity or integrity. Doubtful as to whether something will happen or whether it is worthwhile. Um, Mocking. Concerned only with one's interest and typical disregarding and typically disregarding accepted or appropriate standards in order to achieve them. So I think that that's pretty good. That's a pretty good like. Uh what is the word? Juxtaposition for those two words. Because critical seems like it's a little bit more productive and cynical seems like it's a little less productive. So basically what this is saying is either you are motivated by your own interest or you always think that someone else is out to get you in a sense, like they're doing something for their own personal gain. And you don't think that something will happen. You you just you're just being like skeptical. You're not very optimistic. And I can say that that's me sometimes. Like when people just want to help me, especially when it comes to my business, and they don't really want anything in return. Like they're not buying clothes. They just they just want to help me. Or like they're not they're just not receiving anything in return. It's a little hard for me to accept that. It's kind of like, why are you doing this? What do you want from me? Like a girl, she, um, I met her on Saturday and she said that, you know, she was telling me, you know, how many followers she has and stuff like that. And she said she wants to promote my products. And I asked her, like, what do you want from me? Because I was just really confused. I didn't understand that there's people out there that actually just want to, just want to want you to to be up there. You know, some people actually just want you to succeed. Some people actually just want you to be successful and they don't have to put their name on it. Some people just want you to make it to the top and then also like being black and then receiving something like that maybe from like a white person like trying to help me, it's kind of hard to believe because you know, slavery wasn't that long ago. Segregation wasn't that long ago. It, but it's refreshing to see that there are some people who are uh, willing to help you. And they don't look at you like, oh, this is a black woman struggling. 
they look at you as this is a black woman wanting to be successful. This is a black woman wanting to create generational wealth. And I'm just so blessed to have the mother that I have. And I'm so blessed to have the people around me that I have. You know, my my best friend, my boyfriend, my sister, my niece, my family, my my other friends, my supporters, my clients, my customers. Like, thank you so much. I've came so far within this last year. And I'm so happy that I finally started a podcast because I've been talking about this forever. I've been wanting to have a podcast for forever. And I finally did it. And I thank everybody who's believed in me, who's given me their money so that I, in exchange for clothes, who, you know, constantly motivate me. Strangers I don't even know, you know, telling me how touched they are by what I'm doing, how moved they are. And that also comes with, you know, you have to put God in it so that God can receive that glory. Because at the end of the day, I got my gift from God. My ability to tell a story through clothes, through writing, whatever it is, I got that ability through God. My Me being as ambitious as I am sometimes, I got that through God. I got that from God. And when you start realizing that, you become a lot more motivated. Because I'm very motivated right now. And so the keys are of um, this specific stage is allowing for new certainties, letting go of your ego, which is your false self, seeking holelessness, and new willing to new obedience. So you lost control of some certainties. So some things are just not certain anymore, but you gain new certainties. So just because you were late on the light bill for uh for one for this month doesn't mean that you're going to always be late on that light bill. Maybe you're always going to be early now. It took that one time for you to be late. And then you had that faith in God like God, you know, I I can't I don't want to go through this anymore. And you took that risk. And now you paid your light bill f- for the rest of your lease or for, for whatever. And you're letting go of your ego, which is your false self. You decided that, you know, you're, you're going to be vulnerable now. You're going to be in tune with your emotions. You're going to let other people in. You're not going to be so hard on yourself, on other people. And you have new willingness to new obedience. So you're now allowing yourself to work on or to do things that God is instructing you to do. And now we are on, we are at the wall. So dark night of the soul. Before you, you know, had this ego, you had deep transparency and reckoning, awareness of process, you were wrestling with solitude, death of doing, quote unquote, for identity, prayer as communication. 
after you gain humility, reconciliation with weakness. So you've became vulnerable. You were able to reconcile with these uh, things that were hard for you in the past. You embrace the process. You enjoy solitude instead of you having to fight with it. So instead of being alone, being more damaging to you, it's now actually a good thing. Life out of being. Prayer as communion. So let's look up what the word communion means. Because I've heard this word before. But it's always good just to know exactly what a word means. So you're getting the actual context. Context. So communion is the sharing or exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. I think that is the best definition that I've looked up so far for any word that I actually like 100%. So basically what that means is I, okay, this actually makes me think of something. So, you know, when you have skin to skin with a baby when they're first born, uh, Tiffany Montgomery, which my mom listens to all the time and she really loves her and I love Tiffany as well. Have skin to skin with God. I know you, I mean, I don't know about everybody, but sometimes I'll be feeling physically touched by God. Like when I'm in prayer sometimes, especially when you pray out loud and you're like fighting and you're like praying really hard, you feel God's presence. So when you get close enough to God and, you know, you laying down at night or you're sitting up in the bed or you sitting down somewhere or wherever and you start praying to God and you're doing that skin to skin con, con, contact with God. That's how you know. And let's move on to number five which is the journey outward. So you just went, you just journeyed inward into the spiritual. Uh, Actually, I don't think that's what that means. Anyways, like I said, I'm going to record another episode just so that we can, you know, I can look this up a little bit more and get more in depth for you guys and possibly create my own like meanings for all of this. Um, But anyways, Um, basically you have a renewed sense of God's acceptance. So you're no longer plaguing yourself because of sins that you've, uh, done in the past. You have a new sense of calling and ministry, deep calm and stillness, growing love for wellness of others, differentiated where I began and in, and free of judgment from others. So where you might be stuck, you're actually not going to be stuck because at the end of the day, you're free from judgment of others. No one can judge you. Nothing that you're doing can be judged. You, you're very humil- 
you have great humility. You're growing love and wellness for others. So you're being selfless. You have deep calm and stillness. No one can disrupt, disrupt your peace. Disrupt your peace. Nothing and no one can disrupt your peace because you have a new sense of God's acceptance. So when you know that, yes, I do have a past, I've done things in the past, things have happened to me in the past, and you stop beating yourself up about it, and you accept God's love, and God accepts your love, and, God's accept, and God accepts you for who you are, and you accept yourself for who you are, there's nothing that can hold you. There's no demon that can grab a hold of you and lock you up. And the key here is you're serving from wholeness. So you're feeling whole. You're ceasing from striving. You no longer have to strive. Your goals are replaced with evolving. You're satisfied. You're content. You see God in all of life. Because God is in all of life. God is in you as a person. God is in everything when God can be present. And stage number six is the life of love. Faith is reflecting God. So here you're, you know, Christ-like living. Um, you have so much wisdom from things that you've done in the past, things that you've witnessed and experienced. You're compassionately living, detached from things and stresses of life. You no longer have to stress. Um... You offer others true rest. So basically, you know, you're not holding on to any grudges and you're unafraid of death. I um, thought about this quote that I actually came up with. I know I came up with this. Can't nobody tell me I didn't. But people die with a guilty conscience. And that's why they don't want to die, because they're constantly trying to prove themselves and trying to, you know, basically say that you know tell the people that they've hurt that they've they did what they did for a reason like it was for a good reason they had a good reason but yeah people die with a guilty conscience and I made that quote up so if anybody ever say we die with a guilty conscience there needs to be a dash Ari Jashir I I want God gave me that quote okay and nobody gonna steal it from me so basically, uh, things that you need to be cautious of is sep uh, separating separation from the world and also neglect of self. So you should never neglect yourself. So you are being hum uh, you are expressing your humility, but you should also still take care of yourself. And even though you are separated from the world spiritually do not be separated from the world physically because then you may let yourself go because physically you're still here in in the in this world but mentally you are in the spiritual realm which is very very powerful and yep that is the end of that that was a really nice powerpoint that was by bruce crow so thank you for that, Mr. Bruce. I think this was a really good episode. It's it's 
pretty long and I can't wait to come up with another episode just like this. But that was Motivational Mondays. Hopefully this motivated you. Hopefully you were able to um, understand which stage you are you're at in life and what's holding you back from uh, getting to that next stage. Because we all want to live stress-free. We all don't want to be afraid to die. Because a lot of people are suicidal. And this goes back into our seasonal depression episode. But they don't actually want to die. But they're so hurt. There's so much pain. They want it all to end. They don't want to keep living. But they don't want to die. If they could switch places with someone, I'm pretty sure they would do that before, before, you know, killing themselves. We have to think about that. Check on, check on your friends. That's how I'm going to end the episode. Check on your friends, send them this episode and let them know, you know, it's going to be okay. With God, all things are possible. That peaceful life is possible with God. You're going to be okay. I know it's hard to believe. I know that's probably something that you really don't want to hear because you want to know how. You want to have that control. You want to be certain that what I'm telling you is the truth. But that's something you're going to have to ask God for. I can't I can't tell you. But I know that you're going to be okay. But I can't tell you how. You have to put the work in. But yeah, please check on your friends, especially during this holiday season that's coming up. People are going to be feeling lonely. They might not have family. They may be the black sheep. They may feel like no one cares about them. They might be going through a lot. I think this was a good episode, though, and I appreciate everyone who has been with me up to this point and who are going to stay with me. I appreciate everyone who shares this episode. I appreciate everyone who you know, has good words to say about me. I'm really trying. I'm really trying. So, um, yeah, no one entered the giveaway. So I guess we're not going to be doing that. Um, that's like the ending message or whatever. And again, we bind the spirit of depression out of any listener, out of any family member, any friend, the spirit of loneliness, we bind that. You have no residence here. The The spirit of helpness, helplessness, laziness, fatigue, sadness for no reason, guilt. We bind the spirit of childhood trauma sneaking up and trying to gain a chokehold. The spirit of abuse, past, present, and future. Sexual assault flashbacks. Depressing flashbacks of loved ones who are no longer with us. Postpartum depression, we bind that all in the spirit of... In the blood of Jesus Christ, we bind all negative things. Amen. I appreciate, again, everyone for listening. And this is the episode for today. And I hope that everyone has a productive day and has a productive week. And goodbye. Give up, but I don't wanna try no more. I'm tired, I'm so hard. Can somebody say a prayer for me?
You're succeeding and you're hurting from it. Yeah, yeah. And some just won't care about you. They just care what they can get about you. So remember how to take care of yourself once in a while. Nobody got you like you got you They won't come through like you come through I hope nobody catch me As I cry alone My head is pounding And my eyes are swollen I won't give up but I don't wanna try no more I'm tired, I'm sorry